1: This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance.
0: Oh, that new doctor is dropped at gorgeous. Oh, please, he's just another RV League-educated surgeon with good hair. No, he's different. Nurses, we got a classy motorhome with a
1: detached driver's side mirror. Meet me in the O.R. Stat.
0: Right away, doctor. No, 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 she's on break. I'll handle this one. Oh, you conniving little...
1: When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms.
0: The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift the heiress tour. Presented by Capital One. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel.
2: Enjoy your stay
1: in suite 13.
0: Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X-Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.
1: This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sanzak
2: and Aaron Camaro. Okay. All right. Here we are once again. So happy to be here with you. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast coming at you from podcast land bringing you the rock and roll every single week my name is Aaron Camaro joined as always by my awesome friend and kick-ass co-host the one and only Chris Sinzak what's going on brother you tired you get wore out
3: well, why would I be
2: I don't hmm? know it's rock and pod season I know in all the years past this was like the most stressful time of your life like I watch you age before my eyes <laughs> in this time of the year
3: oh there's Absolutely. No stress at all. Awesome.
2: I'm glad to hear that, man, because what you've got going on here is pretty freaking awesome. You just sent me the poster, and it's got the list of not only all the awesome guests that are going to be there, but all the awesome podcasters that are going to be there, and it just renewed my excitement for the event. I know it's coming up, and it's getting close, but... You know, you don't. I don't know. It's different for me because I'm not. I don't. I don't think about it every single moment of every day like you do.
3: <laughs> no, I never. I hardly ever think about it. I've done like no work at all in the mm-hmm. last three yeah. four months.
2: Uh huh. Sure.
3: Yeah. I also got my master's in sarcasm.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was gonna yeah. say because right now it's like between my work hours and your rock and pod stuff is like. Well, you want to record on Saturday? No, that won't work for me. How about Sunday? No, that's not going to work for me. Uh, what about Monday? No, no, that ain't so good. Well, How about Tuesday? No, that ain't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> so we're actually recording this on a Wednesday night after pushing things back a couple of times.
3: Yeah, we've kind of become a bi-weekly podcast with, thanks to both of our schedules. But Yeah, uh, we're, we're
2: trying. We are trying. Yeah
3: but no, it's, it's, it's going, it's going okay. I mean, there's just a lot. It, it this is the part of the year where it, you really start wrapping up a lot of the stuff. Um, but like the guest list is pretty much finalized and, um, you know, now it's a lot of promotional stuff, getting stuff printed, just a lot of, a lot of the boring part, but gets pretty stressful too. Um, but yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. Excited. This it's about a month away now. And, um, so yeah, most excitement we've ever had for it. I, I'm, I'm optimistic that it's going to go well and go smoothly and got a great team working with me on it this year. And yeah, I think it, it's going to be exciting.
2: It's definitely going to be awesome. I'm so excited. August 6th through the 8th, right here in Nashville, Tennessee, we're talking about Rockin' Pod. In case you don't know, I think 99% of the people listening to this definitely know because a good percentage of those are coming to Nashville the 6th through the 8th, and they're going to hang out and have a good time with us rocking and rolling all weekend at Rockin' Pod. It's a whole weekend. We can't just do the one day. It's too much. We bring everybody to town. We party from the moment the planes hit the ground. When everybody rolls into town, when they get here, it's off to the party. We're going to have an awesome Friday night celebration to kick things off. Resist and bite. Yeah, the band, we've been talking about them on here for at least a year now. This is Tommy Skiyo from Tesla's brand new band, and they are killer. We're going to talk a little bit more about them on this episode this week when we get down to it. But I want to tell you, they're the headliners. And we're doing Rare Hair again. And if you don't know, Rare Hair is our awesome friend Tyson Leslie. He gathers up all these awesome rockers and gets them on stage in different configurations. You don't know who's going to be playing with who or what they're going to be playing. But it's legendary. In the past, we've seen all kinds of things that you would never see anywhere else. I'm talking about like Michael Sweet doing Van Halen songs, stuff like that. Where else are you going to see it? Nowhere but Rock and Pod pre-party. We've got that going on. Ron Keel is doing an acoustic set. And we also got Greg Mangus's band, awesome friend of the show, Rock United, is going to be busting out some tunes that
3: night. I can spoil, I can give a little bit of a teaser of part of their set. Uh, we recently found out that Carmine Apiece is going to hop up with Rock United and do a, a song from the Rod Stewart catalog.
2: You're going to get to see Carmine up there rocking out an old Rod Stewart tune because, you know, he helped with those songs. He was a part of that stuff way back in the day classic legendary things you're gonna see it at the pre-party you're never gonna have the opportunity to see it anywhere else make sure you join us for that because then back to the hotel hopefully you're in the rock block with us you got your hotel through rock and you got the discount you're part of the group with us so we're all huddled up together inside the hotel so we all kick it back to the hotel maybe grab a couple of drinks at the bar Head on up to our rooms, crash out for the night because the next morning we got to wake up, we got to be refreshed because it's time for Rock and Pod, the main event, the real deal, the convention. It's rock and roll fans hanging out with rock and roll stars, buying rock and roll stuff from rock and roll vendors and having a rock and roll good time all day long. You want to see your favorite podcasters in action? I know we're not the only ones. There's a whole bunch coming to Rock and Pod. You want to see them in action doing their thing? You can hang out, watch these guys create magical moments through their podcast while they're talking to awesome dudes. We're gonna have rock stars up on the stage telling kick-ass stories to people hanging out. Want to listen to it? It's great. You want to meet them afterwards, ask them a question, get something signed? You can do that too. It's all going down at Rock and Pod. You want to start a podcast? Great, show up to Rockin' Pod. There's educational tracks going on. We'll show you how to do it and how to do it well and get the most out of your podcast. You can learn all that at Rockin' Pod, plus have an awesome, fun time. So then Rockin' Pod's over. What's going on? All kinds of parties. There's this thing going on over at the movie theater. They're gonna be showing Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Yeah, the old classic. And we got the comedians. We got Craig Gass. We got Courtney Cronin Dold, and we've got Don Jameson. Are all gonna be hanging out, checking out the movie with us, doing a little mystery science theater action with it, and making commentary live as we watch it. It's gonna be kick ass. And then we're gonna watch another movie. The greatest show on earth, and that's gonna be badass too. So, all kinds of cool stuff. Then, what? There's the next day, there's stuff going on at SIR Studios. I think, is that happening?
3: Yeah, there's going to be, Carmine and Vinny are each going to do a drum master class, and then uh, Aaron and I will most likely be interviewing them for a, uh, like a hanging and banging rock history talk about their careers. So
2: cool, man. I'm so honored they asked us to do that. I'm very excited. And to get to spend time with all my awesome rock podcasting friends and all the cool rock stars, and hopefully you too. Well, not the band, you, the listener, also. <laughs> we don't want you too at and Pod, do we? <laughs>
3: i guess they'd sell a lot of tickets (laughs) Uh, whoever wants to come i'm happy to have you though as long as you buy a ticket
2: you two, bono the edge you guys are invited as well but we want the listeners to show up our friends and our decibel geek family show up and have a good time with us check it all out right now rockandpod.com has got all your information so that's it we told everybody about rock and pod let's see if we have any reviews or recommendations. And I'm looking in the box of Magic Treasure, and it's empty. There's nothing in here. No reviews or recommendations this week. If you want to leave us one, obviously we need them, and we don't like to run out.
3: (laughs) Please do. It's nice, one, nice to be able to read them.
2: You can give us a Facebook recommendation. You can go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review there. And you can go to a cool site called Podchaser and review individual episodes. So, for example, if you liked last week's episode that we did when we talked about the best and the worst replacement singers in rock history, if you liked that one a lot, you could actually review that episode. You know what? We ain't got no reviews, but we had a lot of people that shared last week's episode. Those people, they're our Geeks of the Week.
3: Yeah, Geeks of the Week this week are Adam Cox, Darren Parkin, Mike Stewart, Matt Ashcraft, Al Horta, John Phillips, Jeffrey Mendenhall, Simon Cad, Shea Hargit, Juanco Deuce, Joseph Capone, David Glenn, Aaron Baker, Sit and Spin with Joe, Mike Parnell, J.J. McElhenney, Steve, Alan Deshawn, Alan Black, Tom Smoke, Eladio, J J P, Body of the Soul, Jay Shabluski, Doug Fox, Keith Rockford, Ernesto Aguiar, Hakan Bergstad, Kevin's on fire, Vet Halen, Kristen Schimbeck, Rock and Ron Runyon, David Kathy, Scott, Crouch, and as always,
2: The Mooger, the Mooger Fooger. Fooger. That's right. Those are our people, our geeks of the week. They went to our Facebook page. They found the pin post of our episode. They shared it. They went to Twitter. They found the pin post there. They retweeted it. And that's what made them Geeks of the Week. If you want to be an honorary Geek of the Week and have your name read at the top of the show, it's as simple as that. Find those posts. Share it. Retweet it. And we'll read your name, because we like to.
3: Yep. So, uh, ready to do some new noise?
2: Yeah, that's what we're doing today. We're busting out the noise and the news at the same time. Let's do it. What do we got?
3: Well, the first story, and like the first couple stories we're going to go over came in just today as we're recording these. And this headline grabbed me quite literally. Uh, Graham Bonnet claims Ingve Malmstein tried to strangle him nearly four decades ago.
2: That doesn't seem like that much of a stretch. You know, I I can believe that.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it says um, in a new interview with Jeff Godwussi from MisplacedStraws.com, Graham Bonnet said, uh, "Ingve had to go. We just had a battle which was not very good. I wished he could stay, but this kid, he grew into a monster, but a fucking great guitar player, no doubt. One night I walked off stage when it was time for his guitar solo, and I walked off stage and I tripped over his cord, and I pulled it out of the fucking amplifier. And he thought I did it on purpose. I went to the bus and I was sitting there talking to the bus driver and Ingve runs in, gets me by the neck, does this, makes a choking motion, pushes his thumbs right into my throat. He says, you fucking asshole in the middle of my solo, you unplugged me. I said, what are you talking about? I didn't know. I literally, I really didn't know what I'd done. What happened was one of our crew saw this happening, saw Ingve was, try- was trying to kill my voice, basically. He dug his thumb right in, right in here. I was choking. Dang. And this Hungarian guy who was big and one of my close friends back then came up and said, "Ingve," he got Ingve under his arm like this, makes a headlock, and he said, you fucking touch Graham again, I'm going to break your fucking neck. And that night, I remember we were driving home in the bus back to L.A., and we fired Ingve on the tour bus because you can't do that. You can't strangle the singer. So that was the end of Ingve.
2: Wow. Wow. Ooh. That's crazy. You know, we, when we talked to Ron Keel about Ingve, it was like Graham Bonnet was his guy. You know, that was his yep. hero. That's who he wanted to play with more than anybody, you know. And, yeah, don't mess with Ingve's guitar solo is the lesson there.
3: <laughs> well, I can see why he wants to sing on his own because, Jesus.
2: Yeah. And um, then to go for that'd be like if you were mad at Ingve and tried to break his fingers, you know.
3: Yeah. That's a crazy story. i never heard that before. Yeah,
2: that's wild. But it doesn't surprise me. You know, it's Yngwie we're talking about here.
3: Some serious anger management problems Yeah, Geez.
2: Which is kind of a callback to last week because we just talked about Yngwie and his newfound lead vocalist himself.
3: Himself, yeah.
2: (laughs) Got a lot of good feedback on last week's episode. I think the reoccurring theme that I read was they weren't angry, but... The Sammy Hagar fans were a little disappointed. <laughs>
3: it's funny you mentioned him because he's part of our next story.
2: Yeah. That's my segue. How you like that? Yeah.
3: Well, I'll try to make it sound natural. <laughs> you know, you know, way to break the fourth wall, Aaron. <laughs> Should I All let right. you know these things ahead of time? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, a lot of a lot of show prep went into this one, as you can tell. Ain't um that the truth? Yeah, so Sammy Hagar, the headline, Sammy Hagar says, David Lee Roth's voice hasn't aged well, believes Roth is not honest about his image and his performance.
2: Yeah, Sammy says some kind of weird things about David Lee Roth on this, you know, and like just says what basically he calls him out as being a phony, you know, and talks about, you know, when I do music, I do it to uplift people and touch lives and this and that, and Dave don't care about, you know, touching people's lives, but... That's kind of hard to say too, because I mean, obviously he cares, you know, and he tries, he puts his best effort forward.
3: Yeah. I don't, you know, and I'm reading through this now as we're talking about it and that, that you, that's a good summation of what he said and, and, you know, said that uh, Roth's onstage persona is totally bullshit. Um, and this is just, I don't This is one of those things where I think David Lee Roth lives in Sammy Hagar's head rent free. And it's, yeah, yeah. I it's just, that. it's, I mean, I, I, it's like at this point, it's like, why are the gloves, why do the gloves have to come off again now that Eddie's dead? Can't you, I mean, I wish they would just shut up about each other.
2: Well, and that's the funny thing about it. Basically the whole interview is him, you know, calling Dave a phony and talking about how, you know, his way of doing things is so much better than Dave's. And then at the end he goes, but you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to tarnish Eddie's legacy by doing this. So to be able to honor Eddie, you have to be able to honor the past. And that means David Lee Roth too. It's like, so talk shit, talk shit, talk shit. And then at the end be yeah. like, but I don't really want to talk shit. Yeah. You know?
3: <laughs> yeah. That's like when somebody starts off saying not to insult you, but yeah, which exactly. basically means I'm going to insult you. Yeah. And, uh, and the thing that bothers me about this is because there's part in here where he talks about how like, yeah. Cause he says like everything that Dave does is an image putting on a show he goes back home, goes in his house. He's a whole different guy. Nothing to do with that guy. He's not honest about his image and his performance. Well, I'm sorry, but, I mean, Sammy, have you heard of Gene Simmons, Alice Cooper? Right. I mean, does that mean that they're wrong for what they do as a, as an entertainer? It's like not everybody has to be, you know, everybody's best buddy that I have beers with. That's fine if Sam wants to do that. Sure. but. Some entertainers want to be on a different level than the general public, and that's what makes them special, and that's the way Dave is.
2: Yes, totally. You know, you wouldn't expect David Lee Roth to go home and be David Lee Roth on stage guy, you know. Not at this stage in the game anyway. You know, at one time, that was probably different. But, you know, like you said, Alice Cooper. I mean, you can't be Alice Cooper, the guy on stage 24-7. You know, you'll go to prison. You know, same with being a member of KISS. You know, Gene Simmons walking around being the demon all the time. Oh, God, people would hate him worse than they do now.
3: Yeah, it's just, it, it, I don't know. It's just I wish Sammy would just let it go. But and then
2: there's a certain level to that that says if you didn't care, you wouldn't. You know, elevate that stage persona so much to give the people something extra special, you know, instead of just being a a dude sitting on a stool with an acoustic guitar, which, you know, whatever, nothing wrong with that, but there's nothing wrong with the other way either, I don't think.
3: Well, and and Sammy's going off about how Dave's, you know, an, an egotistical asshole and all this stuff, and it's like, I mean, if you want to model yourself as the nice guy compared to David Lee Roth, I don't know that too many people would argue with that. I have a feeling in business, Sammy's probably less cutthroat than David is. But as far... I I mean, have you really heard of any fan interactions with David Lee Roth that are bad? I haven't really heard anything like that, where he's like a prick to the fans or anything.
2: No, uh uh-uh. Me neither.
3: So it's like... I mean, all this boils down to is... Sammy wanted to be friends with Dave when they toured together. Dave didn't want to be friends with Sammy, and Sammy is still butthurt over it. And he's also butthurt over the fact that most people like Van Halen with Roth better than Hagar.
2: Yeah, I guess he probably heard last week's episode. <laughs> Said, "I got to get a, get me an interview right now. I got something to say about those guys. Number one, worst of all time. Come on."
3: Wow. And as far as I mean, as far as his criticism on Dave's voice, I'll agree with him that Dave doesn't sound great these days. So you know, but you know, at the same time, as it, what is it that all? This phrase you, you taught me this phrase years ago. In, I'm sure it's an old phrase, but I, I didn't hear it till you said it. it was basically something like, uh, blowing somebody else's candle out doesn't make yours burn any brighter. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it's kind of a, an example of that where I don't really hear. David Lee Roth say much negative stuff about Sammy these days. It seems to be pretty one-sided.
2: Yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere. That's why I just assumed he must have listened to last week's episode.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You keep on thinking that. I'm mad, and I
2: got something to say about it. David Lee Roth ain't so great. You decibel geeks, you.
3: So K.K. Downing uh, says that Judas Priest threatened him with legal action over his new band K.K. Priest's name.
2: Yeah, I kind of wondered that when K.K. Priest first kind of got announced. I was like, hmm, I don't, you know, I don't know if, you know, Ace Fraley and Peter Chris could have went and started a band called, you know, Other Kisses or something like that. You know, or they did the Bad Boys of Kiss tour, but they didn't start a band and sell T-shirts and albums and stuff like that. Right. I think Kiss would have put a quick end to it if they had. And I wondered if Priest was going to let him slide with that or if they were going to do something.
3: I don't know. I mean, I, can you really, I don't think they have a handle on the word priest. So I don't know how you can really do anything about it. You know, I, I think that was just a, a threat. I don't think they could really follow through with it.
2: Unless, you know, you, all you'd have to do is prove that, you, look, you know, look, this guy was in Judas Priest and his name is K.K. And now he started a band called K.K. Priest. You know yeah, so but, there is your connection this isn't just some random word that you know two different entities are trying to use there's a real connection there
3: Yeah but I don't think there's enough of an argument there I just
2: I don't think so know. either nobody's going to see KK Priest up on a billboard and think oh it's Judas Priest playing here tonight
3: Right yeah it's there's not enough there to win a win a legal battle over I don't
2: think Judas Priest is playing this club tonight.
3: <laughs> it's not the same as the LA Guns thing. That was two bands calling themselves the same thing, you know.
2: If he would have came out and even said, you know, KK's Judas Priest, that would have been a problem. I think that's an ar-
3: you at least have an argument there. because yeah. KK's Priest, who cares? It's
2: weird that they would do that. Who cares? You know, nobody's going to mix up the two.
3: I don't. I don't really even like the name KK's Priest. He could have called it so many things that would have been better.
2: Yeah, but again, it goes back to that name recognition, that brand, you know. He's got to attach mm-hmm. himself to Priest because he's K.K. Downing, and who's his target audience? Priest fans. Right. So in that, in that instance, it kind of gives credence to Judas Priest going, hey, that's kind of shitty.
3: Yeah. Have you heard any of the material that they put out?
2: I have heard, I don't know, if it was a video or if it was something I no. listened to that came up on my phone one day, it sounded pretty good.
3: Yeah, I mean it's it's him trying to do the kind of the painkiller jugulator sound. You know, the '90s early '90s priest is what it kind of sounds like to me, which is fine. But I just I had you know because initially Les Binks, the dr- drummer from back in the old days, was going to be attached to this, yeah. and when I heard that, I was I got excited that they were going to do maybe like a stained Classier type sound, and that's what I was hoping for. But uh, that would have been cool. But I guess getting you know, getting Ripper in the band, they wanted to go with something go balls to the wall and make it really, really which is fine for what it's it heavy, is.
2: It's heavy for sure.
3: But to me, I love that late seventies pre stuff. I was hoping more for that. Yeah. But that's that's just my thought. I am looking forward to hearing the rest of the record. And I mean Ripper sounds like like Ripper, it sounds good.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I dug it. Thought it was pretty cool. Cool deal. All
3: right. So next story. Um this is some sad news. Uh kicks guitarist Ronnie Yunkins or Yunkins is uh, under house arrest and can't tour right now.
2: Yeah, I saw that. This guy seems to have a lot of trouble staying out of trouble.
3: Yeah, a lot of drug problems. I
2: read a story that I think Steve Whiteman was getting interviewed, and they are like, you know, we're all ready to go on stage and we're going to do a show, and Ronnie doesn't show up. And then all of a sudden you got Brian up there trying to do both parts. You know, he's gotta play rhythm and lead, you know. So that poor guy, he thinks, all right, this is gonna be a fun, easy night. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, you gotta play everything. And I feel yeah. bad for him, man. That's gotta suck.
3: Yeah, it's it's a sad situation. And from what I've gathered, he's you know, he's gone through this for years. It's, yeah. it, it just goes back and forth where He'll do fine for a while then he gets on the road and then the road catches up with him and he starts making bad decisions again and and I guess that it's so bad this time that he's under house arrest cuz he kept getting in trouble with the law so he yeah. can't even leave his house to tour which is really sad but And that's uh, what they
2: said in that interview too was that like they had this other guitar player on standby because he was getting pretty unreliable but then he would come back and you know be great you know and be the guy they all want needed him to be and no problem so they go okay dude you know just sit back and i guess things are going to be okay but now this time they ain't got no choice because he's locked down and he can't go nowhere and so they brought in the dude that's kind of been waiting in the wings for the opportunity so i'm sure this guy's going to knock it out of the park and do the best he can and you know that's got to be good news for brian
3: (laughs) yeah i'm pretty sure that ronnie was in the band when we saw them at farm rock what was it yeah Yeah, and they were god the kicks is so good so live. Good. If, you, if if you've never seen them live, they will they will blow you away. So live.
2: much fun, man. Oh, I love that band live. It's a party.
3: Yeah. Um speaking of a party band, uh Nirvana. Oh, yeah, the kings <laughs> of the
2: party, the life of yeah. the party, Nirvana.
3: So this is uh this just shows you that there's that those of us that like deep cuts and obscure stuff are a rare breed because Nirvana smells like teen spirit has surpassed 1 billion streams on Spotify. Wow.
2: That's crazy. That song, man. So popular. Uh, I don't I don't get it. There's I mean, it's okay. It's, you know, it's got a catchy riff it's a bouncy song. It's rock, you know, it's got the drums and the bass and the guitar. It's cool. It's an alright song, you know, but to be so freaking popular.
3: Well, it's uh and I think a lot of that is it's it just it's like a signpost of that generation. So you know, it just a lot of people go right back to middle and high school when they hear it. And I guess I mean it's it's a legendary song, but to me, I mean, I, if it ever comes on the radio, I immediately change the channel. Yeah, I can, I, I can never. I am so done. There's certain songs where. And it's not that I'm saying it's a bad song, it's just I am so burnt on it yeah. that I never need to hear it once again. And I as even as a Kiss fan, I don't need to hear rock and roll all night. At least I want to hear it live if I, if I go to a show, but you know, on the radio or you know, on my shuffle or whatever, I never need to hear that song again. But no. um and then uh, the, the other one that comes immediately to mind is uh, Under the Bridge by the Red Hot Chili yeah. Peppers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Never ever need to hear those songs. I wish I had a
2: dollar for every time I've heard those songs in my life.
3: But that's the the thing too,
2: you know. And you talk about kind of like you know rock elitist a little bit, but the kind of people that we are and the kind of people that listen to a show like this were very unique in the way that it's just the song. It's not like the whole album just surpassed one billion streams on Spotify. It's just the one song. And so what that tells me is even back in the 90s when that was popular, those people weren't listening to the whole album. They just listened <laughs> to the one song. You know, why? Yep. Because he likes it and she likes it and they like it and this person likes it. And I want to be like these people, so I got to like it too.
3: But the, but yeah, no congratulations to Nirvana. I'm sure they're going to enjoy uh, their check for $125 when it comes in. To- <laughs>
2: yeah that's right one billion streams that's 152 dollars
3: hey i can buy a cup of coffee now yay yeah that's uh i couldn't help but mention it though because that i mean a billion a billion streams that's That's pretty amazing all right so uh a couple stories that are connected here first one some more sad news uh ex-skid row singer johnny sollinger passed away this week. yeah
2: i saw that man that sucks bad
3: yeah, um, I guess he had gone into liver failure uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, I saw that he had posted a GoFundMe, and but like it sounded like it was not good, because he was like saying he needed money for palliative care, which basically is end of end of life care, like a hospice. And, yeah. Uh, so I think he knew it was coming, but. Uh, yeah, really sad. Um, I never, well, actually, I did get to see him live with them when they uh, opened for Kiss on the Farewell Tour. Did you ever see them live with Johnny?
2: Sure did, yeah. Got yeah. to see them live, I think, a couple of times with Johnny Solinger singing, and he was great, man. I liked it. I liked the albums that they did with him. I thought they were great. They're totally unsung. Nobody ever talks about the Solinger era of Skid Row, but nah. if you've never listened to those albums, Revolutions Per Minute and uh Thick Skin. Thick skin. Check him out, man. If you were a fan of Skid Row, then there's nothing about those albums that you shouldn't like. I think they did a good job when they chose him because, like we talked about last week, he could do the old Skid Row songs, and he had a hand in creating the new stuff, too, so he was really good. Was the reason he left Skid Row, was it because of health issues?
3: No. Um, I think it was personal issues. I just think um, uh, Skid Row's bass has confirmed that Salinger was kicked out of the band contradicting the singer's claim that he decided to leave Skid Row to pursue a solo career. Ask what led to Sollinger's departure. Rachel said it was evident there were certain things going on out on the road that kind of set us thinking things uh, had been going down for a little bit and you know I'm not here to say anything bad about the guy. At certain times you just get the feeling someone isn't putting 100% into things and Skid Row is very important to the rest of us and we wanted to carry on with quality performances and quality songs so we decided to make a change. So Hmm. I mean, if you read between the lines, sounds like Johnny probably got a little offhand with his partying when he was on the road. Yeah. So and, and as we know from meeting Rachel and I'm sure Snakes the same way they don't uh, they don't tolerate much of anything.
2: No, because if they were going to deal with bullshit, they could just go get Sebastian Bach back, you know. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. So I mean, you gotta you gotta walk the line if you're in that band. Yeah. I'm sure.
2: But still a damn shame. Damn shame that you know, fifty-five years old, man. That's way yeah. too young.
3: Yeah, and I've heard nothing but good. You know, been a lot of tributes pouring out since he yeah. died this week, and um, nothing but good things said about him. But uh, speaking of things being said about him, uh, I have to touch on this because uh, Sebastian Bach has made a statement about uh, Johnny passing away. Oh boy, and,
2: I haven't even seen this.
3: Oh, uh, you haven't? No. And uh, there's a lot of people are not happy about it, oh, and I'm kind boy. of. The, uh,
2: I can just imagine.
3: I'm kind of, a it, well, it's one of, the, it's one of those backhanded tributes, so I'll just read it to okay. you. Okay. And you'll be able to tell right away where something's wrong here. It says, uh, my condolences to the family and friends of Johnny Solinger, the singer who replaced Sean McCabe in Skid Row. And he says, only contact I had was back in 1991 or so, years before I was kicked out in 1996. Awkward to wake up to headlines, Skid Row singer dies using a pic of me. Sorry to hear. That's stirring r- tribute.
2: Why? Okay, whatever. Spash, you're so strange, dude. He's, he says he replaced the guy that Spash and Bach replaced.
3: Yes. So well, what is that like? That...
2: Basically, he's saying I'm irreplaceable. So no, no, no,
3: no. It's he's it's a backhanded insult because he's saying my like, condolences to, to jo- friends and family Johnny the, who replaced Sean McCabe and Skid Row.
2: So who was Sean McCabe, the original singer?
3: No, Bach. Got fired from the band, and then Skid Row stopped being a band for a while and started a bit. Then Rachel and Snake started Ozone Monday with a guy named Sean McCabe that was the singer. Okay, and then they started Skid Row back up with Johnny Solinger. So Sean McCabe was never the singer for Skid Row. So you're just gonna
2: make up something dumb just to avoid saying the guy who replaced me in Skid Row? Yeah. Just because you can't can't bring yourself to say the guy who replaced me in Skid Row.
3: Exactly. Like,
2: your ego is so much or so little that you can't even say the words. And it doesn't even matter at this point anymore because neither one of them were in the band. And it's common Mm -hmm. knowledge that Johnny Solinger replaced Sebastian Bach in Skid Row.
3: Right, because Ozone Monday was a completely different band and like oh, and boy. and it's just and then the whole thing with you know talking about waking up to headlines, Skid Row singer's died dies using a pic of me that that didn't happen
2: No, He's I didn't see that out. anywhere. Anything I saw saw it had a picture of Johnny on it.
3: No, he just has to find a way to inject himself into the <sighs> fucking story.
2: You know my wife said the sweetest thing to me the other day, you know, and she's a huge Sebastian Bach fan mainly because, you know, she she knew him from when he was young and, and sexy and all the girls were crazy about him and kind of carried that with her into adulthood, you know, with me being into rock music and loving the band Skid Row and stuff. And uh, she says to me the other day, you know, that Sebastian Bach, he's a real asshole. <laughs> I said, I know, honey, I know. <laughs> Even she recognizes it.
3: Mm. Yeah, he's uh he's a dick yeah. and I I just I don't like him. Um but yeah, it just way to inject it, I'm starting to feel like about him the way I do about Eddie Trunk saying that everyone's his friend. You know, it's like enough already.
2: Yeah. So hmm. but,
3: uh Johnny Salinger rest in peace and yes. thanks for the music.
2: Yes. Go check out those albums people. I promise they're awesome.
3: All right, next story. Uh, Tony Iommi says that the original tapes for Black Sabbath's Born Again album have actually been found, and he's thinking of remixing it.
2: Really? Yep. That would be interesting. I wonder what he'd change about it.
3: Says, uh, in a new interview with Michael Valentin of the French newspaper La Parisienne to promote the reissue, because they just reissued Sabotage on LP. Yeah. Um, He spoke about his plan to released deluxe versions of other albums and he said that I love it. there should be a box set from the Tony Martin era um and then he said uh, I'm also thinking of remixing the album Born Again the one with Ian Gillen now that we have found the original tapes
2: that's cool man you know it, I always it makes me sad when I hear the stories about like the warehouse that burnt down and you know destroyed all the original tapes you can't never do nothing with it and then to hear a story About Black Sabbath, of all bands, finding original tapes. You know, this warms my heart and overjoys me. And I know this is an album that you hate, so maybe they can fix it to where you'd like it.
3: If they get somebody else to sing on it, I'm on board. (laughs) That'll piss somebody off, I'm sure.
2: You don't like Purple Sabbath?
3: Uh, I just... Well, my biggest gripe on it is the production on it because yeah. it's it, it's you can tell that it's mixed by a bunch of guys that were on a cocaine bender. It's um, kind of
2: like the unmasked of Black Sabbath. It really is. Yeah. It doesn't sound
3: good, but I don't know. I'm open minded. I'll give it a shot.
2: I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'd love to hear because that is one of the things that I always kind of I like the album, but it's not. You know, it doesn't blow me away, and I think it is kind of slick for a Sabbath album, but. You know, those were strange times for that band.
3: With this album, though, there's, there's certain people in the rock and metal world that I think love to claim that they're a fan of this album just because it's, it's, it seems cool to like this album. I don't I'm know. I'm not saying that everyone's that way, but I think there's some people that like, oh, that album got panned, so I'm going to say it's cool. I don't
2: know. I, I got into it with my Uncle Bruce when I got it from him when I was little. Got his album, you know, picked it because it was crazy looking. And then I always liked it. I didn't hate it. Not like you.
3: I just don't like it. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to hear from Rob Kern now because he hated when I brought it up on that episode he guessed it on. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he loves that record. I'm like, how can you love that yeah, record? I don't know about love it, but it ain't bad. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, you want to do a little bit of KISS news?
2: Sure, why not? We don't never talk about KISS.
3: We're going to save the documentary talk for our live stream this Friday. Yeah, I guess,
2: yeah, that's the first thing, you know, the the A&E documentary was on the other night and everybody watched it and we would love to talk about it, but we're holding off until Friday Night Live this week. So I'm banking on that I get this to you finished and edited before Friday Night Live. So here's your preview. We're talking about Kiss on Friday night. We got a special guest coming on with us from the early days. That's going to give us all kinds of cool insight, not only into the hottest band in the land, but also into the documentary we all saw the other night. So we're going to be talking all about Kiss and that on Friday night. But we got to do a little Kiss talk, right?
3: Yeah, this seemed really interesting. And uh, I mentioned I kind of made fun of Trunk the other a minute ago, but uh, I was actually listening to a show the other day because he had John Five on the show. And um, I'm always interested to hear what John Five has to say because John Five's a big Kiss nerd, and I love his playing and everything. Yeah. And uh, he was he was talking about his new out. Al- he's got an album called Center coming out. Um, I think in November, October, or November, uh, actually coming out Halloween, I think. And um, Peter Chris is gonna is guest drumming on this record for uh, a cover of the old classic Georgia on My Mind.
2: Wow. Yeah, I read about that, man. That's really cool, man. I love it. John five yeah. is always the guy that always gave me hope that maybe someday Peter Chris could come back and do a rock album. But yeah, he said on the interview thing that Peter Chris nailed it like right away. Like, okay, that was great. What do we do now? <laughs> you you, yeah. you hit it.
3: Yeah. I'm excited for this. I, um, I, I mean, I'd be getting the album anyway, cause I usually get anything John puts out, but yeah, yeah that's a, uh, it's, it's like a jazzy version of George on my mind. So it's probably kind of a lounged ballad sound, but, uh, I'm excited to hear it. Uh, I know Eddie Trunk pushed him. He said, and he didn't sing on it? And he's like, well, no, it's going to be an instrumental album. <laughs> Eddie Trunk is like, when you get off the phone with me, call it Peter Chris and say you want to record a version with him singing on it. So that actually might be coming because oh, Eddie be was cool. really, really stern about It's like, you should get him to sing on yeah. that. That's perfect for him.
2: Yeah, I guess so. What is that, the old like country song? Or... You
3: no, know, the old Ray Charles song. Oh,
2: Ray Charles, okay, yeah. Georgia. Yeah, that would work for Peter
3: Chris, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think he'd be great on it. I'm not going to sing any more of that. A, because I suck at singing, and B, we'd have to pay a copyright. (laughs) So that's all you get. You get one line.
2: Tune in to Decibel Geek Podcast, where you can hear Chris Sinzak crooning some old Ray Charles.
3: Yeah, until it gets a copyright strike and taken down. Mm -hmm.
2: But in the meantime, maybe we can hope for Peter Chris to bring his crooning ways back to the John 5 album.
3: Yeah, that should be pretty cool.
2: Wasn't there talk one time that John Five and Peter Chris actually were working on a rock album for him?
3: Yeah, I mean, supposedly it's finished, and John Five plays on the whole thing.
2: Then why don't it come out?
3: I have no idea. What
2: would be the holdup on something like that if the album's done and ready to go?
3: I really don't know. I don't. It may be. I think I did hear that Peter was so hurt by the bad sales of One for All that he was kind of like, ah, I'm not gonna put anything else out.
2: Yeah, but Pete, if you're listening to this, don't take that as your your marker on that because times are different now. You know, you were releasing a weird, obscure CD in a time where nobody was really giving two shits about CDs. It's different now. Can get you 150 bucks on Spotify for your album now.
3: I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, although De- you know Devin and Baco, thanks to us with that poll thing on their show, <laughs> yeah. we uh, we might have ruined any chance of that happening. <laughs> yeah.
2: I felt so bad for those guys. I listened to that episode, and, like, when they were counting it down, and I was like, oh, no, Peter Chris is going to win this thing. I know it. You know, there's nothing worse out there. You know, there's never been more of a letdown in rock history, I think. <laughs>
3: oh, man. Yeah. You know, yeah.
2: Don't blame the record sales on that one, Peter. Blame yourself.
3: <laughs> for real.
2: All right. I think we're covering the news pretty good so far. We got anything else?
3: Uh, I got a couple more. Uh, this the next one is um, Black Crows news. I know we don't really cover them a lot on here, but
2: we did do a whole episode on them.
3: True, yeah,
2: it's a pretty good one too. I think the heavier side of the Black Crows. It was fun.
3: Yeah, there's uh, this is one of the funniest headlines I've seen in a while. It says the Black Crows. Rich Robinson says that Steve Gorman was an incredibly negative and manipulative force in the band.
2: Oh wow. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what he's known for.
3: This is the exact opposite of what Steve Gorman says in his book.
2: <laughs> yeah, and pretty much anybody I've ever else talked to about the Black Crows would always tell you, yeah, he was always the level guy in the band. It was the chaos going on around him at all times.
3: Yeah, it's, um, there you're going to find a lot more people that back up Steve's side of this than you will the Ro- Brothers Robinson on this one.
2: Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, those guys are a little unstable, as they've shown over the years, you know, but I mean, it's cool that they're back together. I thought, hey, that's great. But then that Gorman's not a part of it. I thought, well, that's pretty
3: lame. Yeah, it says uh, Rich said Steve was one of the incredibly negative and manipulative forces in the band that we really didn't want to deal with. In order to get back, we really had to do this very specific purge where we focus on the two of us and let this be something that will be positive now. The real truth behind this is they didn't want to pay Steve Gorman. They didn't want to
2: pay him. (laughs) (laughs) They could just find a drummer that could play his parts and pay him a fraction of what they would pay Gorman. And they probably balanced it out and said, look, if he's not a part of it, is that going to deter people from coming? Well, as we just saw, Nirvana's song goes over a billion Spotify downloads. No, most people aren't going to care. Yeah, We care, but most people don't.
3: I would have respected Rich Robinson more if he'd just come out and said, did you see Steve's book? Do you really think we want to work with him after he trashed yeah, us in his book? Yeah, just be yeah. honest. That's what it's about. You don't want to pay him, and you're pissed off at what he said about you in his book.
2: Yeah, I can imagine so, because, I mean, Gorman really laid it out in that book. Oh, yeah.
3: That's one of the best rock biographies ever.
2: Yeah, he didn't pull any punches at all.
3: Yeah, That's, I, I laughed so hard when I saw that headline. yeah. <laughs> All right.
2: Sure, guys. Sure. Yeah.
3: So to wrap things up today, um, we've got a story on Resistant Bites, some news on them. Uh, they have a new music video and a new single out.
2: It's awesome. The song's called Fate. It's out there on the YouTube right now. As soon as we're done today, I highly recommend you check it out. The video's awesome. The song is killer, and I cannot wait to see these guys at and Pod.
3: Yeah, it's gonna be cool, and um, yeah, you know. So now we've got two new songs from them that we've heard. They're also gonna do a handful of Tesla songs at the pre-party concert. So nice. It's gonna be it's gonna be cool to hear some of the songs we haven't heard yet too. So,
2: if I know anything about Tommy Skio, if they're playing some Tesla songs, I can pretty much guarantee you it's gonna be the heavier side of Tesla. Yeah.
3: That night, I want to hear some psychotic supper material for sure.
2: Man, I'm looking forward to that. And these guys, man, what a great band. Like you said, we've heard two songs already. They're both just killer. The new one, like I said, it's called Fate. It's available to check out right now. It's got a really cool video, but man, the song is what really blew me away, is how good it is. Man, their singer is just Mm kick-ass. The band, man, the drums sound just stellar on this new song. And everything about it is what I love about rock music. So yeah, Resist and Bite, people, get excited because rock and roll is definitely alive and well in 2021. And this band is one of the many that are out there proving it.
3: You want to play the new Resist and Bite song on the way out?
2: We should definitely play it on the way out. So then you can go check out the video after you go, holy shit, these guys are right. This song is killer. But I guess before we wrap up, we should give the updates on everybody. You know, we haven't really had a chance on the show to talk about Gary Corbett. If you follow us on the socials, you know what's going on. But Gary had a problem, man, a bad problem, you know, and he landed himself in the hospital, and people gathered together. They put together a GoFundMe. Our friend Tyson Leslie did that. Uh, Ron Jones from the Let It Rip podcast. Did I say it right this time? You did. (laughs) I did say it right this time. See, Ron, I do love you. (laughs) And he got a hold of us, and we've been talking to Gary's sister, Mindy, who is just the sweetest, nicest lady you'd ever want to meet. And everybody's just showing so much love for Gary. The GoFundMe took off like a rocket. And you know what? To see the outpouring and love for that guy, it just warms my heart. And... The last word is, is that we talked to Mindy and she told us that he had cancer in his lung and that it had gone to his brain. Mm-hmm. And that's not good. But then we just got the word today that after his treatments that he has gone through already, the tumor in his brain that they thought was there, it's gone now. Yeah. Yeah. One step closer to Gary Corbett getting better. But, man, he still needs our help. That GoFundMe is still out there. If you want to contribute, even a buck, you know, who cares? Everything adds up and everything helps. You know, help us help out Gary Corbett. You know him. We love him. He's a great friend of the show. We make up excuses just to have him back on. We've come up with new concepts, So, like, how can we have Gary back on? We've talked about this, and we've talked about that. Let's make up a reason to have Gary come back on.
3: <laughs> I know. We're eventually going to do the heavier side of Debbie Gibson just to have him on since he played with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure Craig Smith the, will love that one.
2: The greatest keyboard
3: riffs of Cindy Lopper. Right, Exactly. But no, it's, um, please, yeah, please donate to the GoFundMe. And one thing I have noticed, I want to say this, I, you know, some people in the comments section, and it's a valid point you want to make where they're like, well, Gene and Paul could like fill this GoFundMe with no, with a snap of their fingers. Yeah, that's fine. But let's not wait around for Gene and Paul to do this, guys. Let's throw in some money and help Gary out here.
2: Yeah. And a lot of people have already done that. And man, our hats off to you if you have Thank you so much for what you're doing to help our friend Gary. You know, he's a friend of yours because he's a friend of rock. Yeah. And for us to be able to get together and help him out, man, I know it means the world to him and his family, and it means the world to us as well. So, yeah, look him up on the GoFundMe, Gary Corbett, and toss him a few bucks if you can. I know if, if you're a KISS fan, you know, this guy helped bring a little joy on that Hot in the Shade tour. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, you can help him out too. Yeah. Got to update Rock and Ron too, man. Our good friend, our awesome dude that runs Decibel Geek TV for us. You know, he's got some stuff going on as well, man. When it rains, it pours sometimes. I know. And, you know, we all been hoping and praying the best for Rock and Ron. You know, he joins us on Friday nights for Friday Night Live. Odds are he's not going to be joining us this Friday night because he's got some treatments of his own going on, you know, and everybody's rallied around him as well, you know. it makes me feel so good this community that we've helped create you know to make people friends all over the world with fellow rock and rollers and so many people love rock and run I knew that first time when he came on and we did beat the geek I said to myself this guy is a star (laughs) and I was right people love rock and Ron. you know so thank you to everybody sending well wishes for Ron we Ron if you're listening to this brother we love you and we're all in your corner, baby. We want to see you get better too. Absolutely. You and Gary Corbett, man, we want to see you both turn this around, and we can't wait to have you guys on the show when it's all said and done because we can talk about it because you guys can be rock and roll inspirations to other people that have health issues, to stuff to go through and proof that the power of rock and roll and the power of love and friendship can carry you through times like this, really? you know. And you know, we love you guys a lot and we're praying for you, everybody. Loves and Ron. Everybody loves Gary Corbett. Let's do what we can to keep showing these guys the love and get them back and fight in fighting shape and get them back on the show with us. Yeah, and,
3: I, and I've said to Ron before, on, I've commented on his post, and it's true, the way he's handled this, the, the spirit in which he's gotten through all this and stayed positive, Ron's my fucking hero, man. I, I just, For sure. I love how, how he just continues to fight and keeps his head positive even when he's going through a really tough battle. Yes, just just love him and you know, want, want Ron and Gary to both be around for many, many years to come.
2: Amen to that. So there you have it. That's your episode of Decibel Geek bringing you the new noise this week. Sorry we're a little late, but we're doing our best. Rockin' Pod's coming up right around the corner. Oh, here's a cool piece of news. Remember way back when we told you we were partnering up with Pantheon Podcasts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really paid off because now – Pantheon is a huge part of Rockin' Pod as well.
3: Yep, they are now the title sponsor for the event. I'm excited to work with those guys.
2: Yeah, we're very proud to be a part of Pantheon Podcast, as are all the other music podcasts that that group supports. Get out there and check them all out, Pantheon podcasts They got a whole great roster. We're a part of it, so that's a good thing for you because you know that if we're a part of it, there's other great shows on there as well. So check out their roster. I'm sure you're going to find all kinds of stuff you love. We love Pantheon Podcasts, and we love you guys. But for this week, that's going to wrap it up. So we're getting out of here with some Resist and Bite.
3: Yeah, let's play some new music from a Resistant Bite and get the hell out of
2: here. <laughs>
1: Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator.
0: Okay, so this bike says she is struggling with her place in the motorcycle community. Well, she says she hasn't peaked yet, but she's having a little epiphany. Okay. Oh, that maybe life itself is the peak. Hmm, interesting. In my experience, I found that. No, so I just translate. Not allowed to have opinions. Got it.
1: Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.